Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, move by your spirit today. I pray that you would speak now with clarity, speak now with power. Get the glory out of everything. God, I rebuke every demonic distraction. I rebuke everything God that would try to derail and detour the move of God. Holy Ghost, take over right now in this 915, in this building and on every digital campus. As some are still giving and sowing, we say, Holy Ghost, we pray that as we lay sacrifices at the altar of God, that you would honor those sacrifices today. And we give you glory that our next 12 will be our best 12. We give you honor, Father, that we are unstoppable, that we are unbreakable, that we are untouchable. We are unstoppable. We are unbreakable. We are untouchable in the name of Jesus. And now God, invade us, correct us, direct us, protect us like only you can do. In Jesus' name, I need you to release a praise. Everybody right there, go. Come on, if you're in this building, that means you press your way. I need you to release a praise because there's 15 miracles God's about to release in this building. And for those watching right now, I need you to open your mouth and say, I welcome the miraculous. Come on. Say, God, do for me what I cannot do for myself. Say, do for me what I cannot do for myself. I need you to look at somebody next to you and say, he's going to do for you what you cannot do for yourself in Jesus' name. Come on, I need you to type it on the chat and say, he's going to do it for you what you cannot do for yourself in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Have a seat. Let's go to work. Our series is group therapy. What are we doing? We are looking at how we have lived, and then we're learning, then living better. You will never live better unless you look at how you live. You'll never live better unless you look at how you live. You'll never live better unless you look 
and how you have lived. And this is the challenge many people have is because they do not want to ever look back because when they look back, it's full of pain. And they think if I don't look back, I'll avoid the pain. Now realizing you'll recreate the pain because you won't look back. I need for some of you to hear me. There is a blessing in looking back on your life. There is favor in looking back on your life. Why? Because here's what you can say. I maybe did some dumb stuff. I did some crazy stuff. I did some stupid stuff. But wait a minute. I survived. I may have messed up, I may have jacked up, I may have screwed up, but let me tell you what I learned, that I can survive even after a failure. I can survive even after a, va a valley. I can survive even after betrayal. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm a survivor. But yeah, I'm, you must not know about me. I'm not the type that lets a little obstacle stop me. What are you saying to me, Bishop? You don't even realize how much you've conquered because you refuse to look back. But this month, you're looking back so that you can look forward. You're looking back so you can look forward. You're looking back so you can look forward. And when you look forward, you're going to heal and accelerate. When you look forward, you're going to heal and accelerate. Open your mouth. Say, my next 12 will be my best 12. So here's what we've learned. We learned one of the biggest lies, two of the biggest lies ever told. Number one is that time heals everything. Somebody say, that's a lie. Here's the second big lie, that time heals all wounds. Somebody say, that's a lie. No, just because it's over does not mean you're over it. Here's what I've discovered. Many people are out of situations, but situations are still in them. And you know it because it shows up in their words and their actions. Your words are full of what you went through that was painful, and your actions are full of what you went through that was painful. How do you know that, Bishop? Because there are many things that you do not do now out of fear, not of new, but out of old pain. And I need you to hear me. This may be similar, but this is not the same. What you're facing may have some similarities to something you've been through, but baby, you don't even realize you're not even in a wilderness anymore. You've already stepped in the promise. How do you know, Bishop? Because giants don't show up in a wilderness. Giants only show up when you're in a promise. What's a giant? A big old problem? Is there anybody that can be honest that even though God is blessing you, you still got some giants you're dealing with? Well, I got good news for you. That's an indication of your location. You are no longer in a wilderness, baby. You graduated. Somebody holler, I'm already in promise. What is promise? Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. We often, here's what we learn, what we do in time can either heal anything or it holds back everything. It can either heal anything or hold back everything. And we often hold back doing the work to heal. What do we learn? Because it actually hurts to heal. Say it hurts to heal. But you have to choose to heal even if it hurts. And this is the challenge because most of us, we are so, watch me, you are so afraid of pain that pain is what you fear. And whatever you fear, literally you draw to you. Some people are saying, I don't want to be hurt, and that's why you keep getting hurt. I don't want to lose nothing, that's why you keep losing stuff. I don't want to overinvest, that's why you keep losing on what you do invest. Why? Because you are so pain averse. And can I tell you, the song said, no pain? Come on here. No gain. And for some of you, I need you to know, watch me, the, the, the path in order to get to your purpose is full of pain. In fact, if you avoid pain, you're never going to see purpose fulfilled. Say, I'm doing the work to heal even if it hurts. Say, because this month is a month of healing and acceleration. Say, when I'm healed, it won't take as long. 
Let me just give you a simple illustration so you can see it. If you're fully healed and you're walking, you're walking and everything's well. Check it out. But if you're walking with a limp, it's going to take you longer to get there. It's very simple. God says, I'm about to fix your limp this month so then that way you're not walking with any delay. Mm. I just there for those of us that are determined by the time we step into the second quarter of this year, there's some stuff we've been talking about we're about to possess and see. I need you to make this declaration say, I'm healing and accelerating. I need you to look over at somebody and say, you're healing and you're accelerating. Say, it ain't going to take you that long now. Say it again. It ain't going to take you that long now. So look, Psalm 38, 5, we looked at David, and this is what David the psalmist says. He says, my wounds stink. First thing you got to do is realize these are your wounds, which means these are your problems. Stop making them other people's problems to solve. Stop being mad that, watch me, even though it was your mama that wounded you, your mama won't help you fix the wound. Stop being mad that the person that wounded you won't actually help you to fix the wound. Uh, all right? These are your wounds. Somebody say, these are my wounds. He says, my wounds stink. That means un they're unpleasant and they're scandalous, which is why many people do not like to be by themselves because they have to deal with their stench. And your stench comes from your wounds that you have not handled properly. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Do not be distracted by your circle. Mm. Don't be distracted by the people around you. Let me tell you what some of y'all do. You call it ministry. It's not ministry. Let me tell you what you're doing. You are practicing codependent self-avoidance. I'm going to preach the way I want to now. What is codependency? You always need somebody around you. Why? So you can deal with their problems and never, ever have to address your own. So you're talking about, we just, that's my prayer partner. That's not your prayer partner, and you're not a prayer partner. What y'all are doing is sitting up codependent and avoiding dealing with yourself. That's why for some of you, God has been shutting your phone down so it's dry. He's been shutting certain communication with people down so it's dry. Because he says, you're going to deal with you. Many people get distracted by the people around them. That's why some of your, let me go here. That's why some of your family relationships are strained and the people you used to pick up and call, you can't call now because there's a strain and there's a stress. Why? Because God says you always get on the phone and you end up helping them with day stuff, but you never deal with show stuff. So I shut it down so y'all ain't getting along right now. Shut up. I shut it down so y'all are not getting along right now. And you can keep praying for peace and restoration. And I keep saying no to peace, no restoration. Why? Because all you really want is an avoidance. You don't want to deal with your wounds or your issues. But I think there's some people in this building and I think there's some people online that say, I'm dealing with my issues. Somebody say, these are my wounds. He says, and they stink and they fester. Fester means there's physical and mental deterioration because of isolated inactivity. What does this really mean? He's saying, listen, uh, I have been isolated and inactive, and as a result, there's deterioration. What does that mean? Things are going down. What's going down? Your mind. Can I be honest with you? Let me tell you how I know some of you are wounded. It's because your thought process don't even make sense. And it's not because you don't know to do better. You just don't think to do better. And then when somebody checks you on it, you say, well, you know, now that I think about it, that's because your thought process is deteriorating because it's bloody. It's bloody. You got all kind of wounds over your thoughts. He says there's mental deterioration and physical deterioration. Watch me. Your immune system is tied to how you handle your wounds. 
That's why when you get wounded, they say you better, some wounds you better make sure you handle quickly. Because if you don't handle quickly, the wound's infected. And the wound that gets infected, it can become septic, which means it's infected your blood. Blood represents life, which means there's some wounds that you better handle this month so it don't tear up the rest of your life. Because the rest of your days are going to be the best of your days. And you have come too far to let a flesh wound take you out. You've come too far to let a betrayal take you are you still here? Look at this. He says, they, they fester uh, and they stink because of my foolishness. In other words, he's saying, my sin is in how I handle my wounds. My mistake, sin is mistake, mistake. I looked at it wrong because I was looking at my wounds. I wasn't looking at my walk. I wasn't looking at what was ahead of me. I was looking at my wound. And here's the danger. You ever been walking somewhere and looking at your phone and run into something? That's what it looks like when you mishandle your wounds. You're looking at the wounds so you don't pay attention to where you're walking. And so you end up walking into places and you hit your head, you hit your foot, you stump your toe, you, you go in the building you didn't mean to go in, run into people you didn't mean to run into, deal with situations you didn't mean to deal with because you were paying attention to your wound instead of your walk. He says, my foolishness is why I'm in this mess because I handle my wounds and I handle them in a wrong way. How does this play out? This plays out in the, in the coming verses. Verse 6, New King James Version. I am troubled. I am bowed down. He says, this is affecting me physically, greatly. I go mourning, so I'm affected emotionally. Watch me. Some of you, you're not the same joyful person you used to be. And you're talking about the devil's attacking me. Watch me. And let me tell you what you church people do. Let me tell you, because I'm going to come for y'all today. Let me tell you what Christians do. You will blame it on another Christian for why you are down. Y'all ain't going to talk to me? You going to get quiet on me? You will blame it on, well, you know what? I'd feel better if it wasn't for so-and-so. You, you, you gave another human being that much power over your emotions? You better learn how to be like the psalmist and say, I will bless the Lord when at all times, which means I will do it right in front of the face of a snake. Y'all go, you better do it right in front of the face of an enemy, right in front of the face of an adversary. You will blame it on people. You know, when I go around them, I just feel dark, and it just mess, messes with my whole mood. You mean to tell me that you're a thermometer and not a thermostat? This whole time, you've been fronting like you set the temperature, when really, you just get set. Woo, but I need somebody in this building and somebody online to say, I set the temperature. I don't let it set me. I so if you don't want to praise him, I'll do it by myself. Why? I'm the thermostat, not the thermometer. If you don't want to give him glory, I'll do it by myself. Why? If your husband don't want to praise him, you go, baby. If your wife don't want to praise him, you go. If your children want to act funky with you, you go. He says, I'm mourning all day long. Why? Because of these stinking wounds. And then he says, watch me, say all the day long. This means that new experiences are lived through old wounds. Say new experiences are lived through old wounds. Let me, let me tell you how you know that you're living new stuff through old wounds. It's because your first reference is to something that has been, not something to come. See, the last time I did, uh, stop, old, new experience, old wound. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. New experience, old wound. And you better hear me and hear me clearly. That's not your story anymore. 
That's why the Bible says in Isaiah, do not remember the former things. In other words, he says, listen, I left you with a scar, but the scar is just there so you can remember the lesson, not the pain. You still here? Look at this, verse 7, for my loins. Loins in Hebrew, that means, uh, language of our Old Testament means kessel. That means my confidence is full of inflammation. That's the Hebrew word kalah. That means it's disgusting and dry. He says my confidence is dry. What happens when your confidence is dry? You become thirsty for any voice that will falsely gas you up. So the people who correct you and crit- that, that, that God sends to you to do that, that are leaders in your life, you won't like that. But somebody that says, child, I don't know why you do it to that. And I don't know, no, no, no. And they're falsely gassing up your confidence because you're thirsty. It's Shabbat. But I pray that you would get your confidence from the Lord and not from people. Because if people can give it to you, baby, they can take it from you. If their clap can get you gassed up, then their lack of clapping can shut you down. If their acceptance can get you gassed up, then their lack of acceptance can get you down. And I'm going to tell you, you've come too far to give that much power to another person. Say, my confidence is, say it, say, my confidence is not dry. Notice he says inflammation. Inflammation means, in natural terms, it means a wound is infected. It's inflamed because the immune system is sending a response that's creating inflammation. It turns red. It begins to itch for some people naturally. And so what is this? What's happening? What is happening is that it's inflamed. In other words, have you ever had a wound and that wound has made you act differently out in public? So, for example, you got a wound on your leg. So every few minutes you... You got a wound on your arm, so every few minutes you scratch it. Every few minutes you're doing this. Watch me. You ever met the real sensationalist people that when they have a wound, they want everybody to know they have a wound? Child, I got this fluid on my knee. Baby, what is fluid and why is it on your knee? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right there. Check this out. It's inflamed. What does this mean? Is that it wants attention. It wants attention. It wants attention. What is it trying to do? It's trying to distract you from getting things done so you pay attention to it. That's why this is your month of healing because you don't have time to walk into April talking about, ooh, child. No, you're going to walk into April talking about every time I turn around, another, 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 another. I just need somebody to say every time I turn around, blessing on blessing on blessing, blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. You say it. Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. I ain't got time for these wounds in April. That's why you better be like Jesus. Whatever you're going to do, hurry up and do it. Because come April, baby, blessing on blessing on blessing. Go. Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on Ah, blessing on blessing on blessing. Ah, blessing on. So hurry up. I got places to go. I got things to get done. Listen, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. 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 Blessing on blessing on blessing. 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 All right. Somebody say, what you doing in 2021? Blessing on blessing on blessing. 
And while you driving home in the snow today, and somebody asks how you feel about it, baby, blessing on blessing on blessing, 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 blessing on blessing on blessing. Listen, here we go. Let's go. Look at verse eight. He says, "And there is no soundness in my flesh." In other words, he says. I don't feel whole. And whenever you don't feel whole, <laughs> let me clean up that. Let me clean that up. Whenever you don't feel whole, you will try to find something to plug the hole. Be careful that you're just not somebody's plug. They're just using you to feel good right now. I, I, I wish I wish you'd open your mouth and say, I'm not doing that. I Have you ever noticed how you only hear from certain people when they need a plug? They don't call you just to call you. They only call, child, I'm going through something. I'm dealing with something. Can you pray for me? How you doing? What's going on, big head? Where you at? What you doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. Bless it on, bless it on, bless it. Bless it on, bless it on, bless it. Blessing on, blessing on, blessing. All right. That's what I'm doing. It's my, my agenda today after church. That's where I'm going to eat. And he prepares a table for you in the presence. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I need you to be glad about the things that are coming against you. Why? That means he's about to set the table. He's about to set the table. And somebody said, say, Bishop, what are we eating on the table? Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. All right, let's go. Verse 8. I am feeble, he says. I don't know why some of y'all ain't sowing into this. I don't know why you're not getting some seed in the ground. I don't know why you're not sowing into this word today. Your next 12 will be your best 12. Why? The Bible says he loads me with benefits. He, which means every time I think he's done the best thing, he's like, wait a minute, let me give you a remix. Ow, bless it on, bless it on, bless it. Blessing on, blessing on, blessing. Blessing on, blessing on, blessing. Let's go. Verse 8. Let me teach. He says, I'm feeble. <laughs> that means I have no physical strength, nor strength of character. He said, I'm always tired. For some of you, for some of you, the last several months, you blamed your tiredness on the pandemic. But really, your tiredness and your lethargy, it came from your wounds. Because you were so used to having a routine that, that didn't allow you the opportunity to see your wounds. So now that your routine got interrupted, now all of a sudden, watch me, now you have this physical tiredness. For some of you today, your issue is not springing forward. Your issue is that you went to bed with your wounds on your mind. 
he says that there's no physical strength. Then he says, there's no strength in my character. What does that mean? I say no when I should say yes. I say yes when I should say no. It means my character, the real me, what I know to be right, I don't do. Because my wounds have given me, watch me, they have written a check that tells me I cannot do what I know to be right. It's quiet here. I cannot do what I know to be right because I have an excuse, and it's called a wound. Can we all be honest in this building online? Online, y'all do the hand emoji, where, where you have done things in life, and the reality of what you have done is you knew you had no flat foot. Matter of fact, in your mind, the Holy Ghost, was, if you don't sit show. How you know you got a real relationship with God? He don't talk to you in Hebrew and Greek. How you know you got a real relationship with God? He, you will get straight up checked. Do you hear me? See, for some of y'all, this is how I know some Christians be lying. Because what you say God said, God would never say. But here's how you know it's real. Because everything he says to you is about you getting yourself together. God is not a gossip. He ain't talking to you about somebody else. You got to read your Bible. First thing he's going to say is, uh-uh, I don't want to hear about Jack and them. I don't want to hear about Darlene and them. I don't want to hear about Shirley and them. I want to talk to you about you. Because your attitude sucks. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. The way you handle this is not right. And I love you, and that's why I correct you. God, I wish that the people of Harvest would know that proof of love is correction. Proof of hatred is silence. How do you know God loves you? Because he checks you. How do you know that you have been discarded? He's silent. When he should correct you. Come on, can I preach? That's why Romans chapter 1 says that hell, God says, and for this reason he gave them over to their own reprobate or debased mind. Let me tell you what hell is. Hell is when God says, I see how you're acting, you know how you're acting, and I don't have nothing to say. That's hell. That's literally, you've been sent to hell. He says, I gave you over to yourself. And there's a lot of Christians, hear me, where they talk about, watch me, especially in Denver. But you know what? I just, you know, child, I've been out of church. Child, I've been this. Child, I've been that. You know, I just feel this and I feel that. Let me tell you what's happening. Please listen to me carefully. Let me tell you what's happening. You better pray that they get themselves together. Let me tell you why. Because they've been given over to themselves, which means God says, I'm done until they get their act together. And here's why some people don't know that that's happened. They don't know that that's happened because they're still living. They're still breathing and the bottom hasn't fallen out. If you read your Bible, God always gave people time to change before he corrected. He gave people time to change before, he, before they got it together. Even men and women of God, when they got out of order, God said, I'm going to give you some time to change. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but you need to share this with somebody. If you haven't shared, share this with somebody because there's somebody there. You're trying to justify your fall away. You're trying to justify not doing right. You're trying to tell, but I feel this, I feel that. And God says, I don't care nothing about your feelings because this is not about you. Do you come to worship or be worshipped? I'm just feeling disconnected from God. That means he gave you to yourself. I just ain't feeling church right now. That means he gave you to yourself. How was it the best thing since sliced bread and now you don't eat sandwiches no more? You are lying because you're wounded. I'm going to preach the way I want to preach today. What I had to drive through. Listen, we finna, come on. What we had to drive through. That was actually good until I got close to church. Listen, 
I am feeble. No physical strength, no strength of character. In other words, your character is lacking because of your wounds. And you'll blame people. You blame whoever, you, watch me, you will not have to, or that will not be able to defend against the blame. What do you mean by that? There are people who are blaming you right now for why they don't pray. There are people blaming you right now. I need to let you in on this. They ain't never going to tell you to your face. Because, <laughs> see, when you're wounded, you always act weak. Right? There are people blaming you right now for why they don't come to church. They blame you. They blame you. There are people right now who blame you for why they are stuck. Do I have any witnesses in here that know what I'm talking about? And then you'll hear it because they don't tell you they told somebody else in your family. They told another friend. And you're like, that's what they think? Am I talking to anybody in this building or online? They blame you for why they're an alcoholic. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They blame you for why they own drugs. They blame you for why they sleep around. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And here's the problem. Your character, when you're wounded, please listen to me. When you're wounded, your character has no strength. When you are wounded, your character has no strength. When you are wounded, your character has no strength. Listen to me. When you are wounded, your character has no strength. So you will say yes to what you should say no to. You'll say no to what you should say yes to. And look what he says. I'm severely broken. That means mentally. He's like, I'm broken down. He's like, mentally, there's a fog. Anybody ever felt that? Fog? Like, you sit down at your computer, and it just looks like, you know, 1A, one, 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 like it's code. You're like, you sit down to type an email, you go, it's just a fog. You do something you normally do easily. Some of y'all got emails from November you still ain't responded to. Because you're like, going to eat. Are y'all still here? He says, I'm severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. This is how we know he's not talking about physical wounds. He's talking about natural wounds right there. Verse 17, English standard. We're switching definition, uh, versions again because I like the way it says. For I am ready to fall. He says, my wounds have got me to a place where I'm ready to fall. You know what ready to fall means? Listen, everybody listen. I am conspiring my quit. I'm planning my give up. My wounds have you to a place. I wish y'all would be honest with me. Y'all getting quiet. Y'all getting quiet. Why are we doing this work in March? Because come April, somebody say, what is it, Bishop? Say, blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. But we got to get you healed first. We got to get you healed first. Got to get you healed first. He says, I'm conspiring my quit. I'm conspiring my give up. Every, every man of God, listen to me right now. Every woman of God, listen to me now. Every leader, listen to me right now. Hear me. You have to be careful that you do not think that because of your seat that you are exempted from wounds. You can, please listen to me, you cannot think because of how good you've been to people that you are exempted from wounds. Come on, can I teach this thing? So look at verse 18. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. He says, my sin is in how I handle my wounds. My iniquity is that everybody in my bloodline handles wounds like this. Can I teach you how I know that? Who, who's writing this to us? Everybody say David. David. Everybody say King David. David. Now, what does God say about King David? He says, you are a man after my own heart. He's not said that about any other person. 
But what's in David's bloodline? What's in David's bloodline is sorry men. All right, y'all ain't going to help me tonight, today, wherever this is. Listen, listen, listen. How do you know that, Bishop? David's father's name is Jesse. Jesse has eight sons. David is the eighth son. In 1 Samuel, when the man of God is getting ready to anoint a new king that's in Jesse's house, everybody listen, pay attention. What ends up happening is Samuel, the man of God, goes to Jesse's house. When he goes to Jesse's house, here's what he says. He says, there's a king in the house. I'm sent to anoint that king. Seven of Jesse's sons pass in front of Dave, or pass in front of Samuel, and the man of God says, these look like a fit, but they're counterfeits. Let me give you a principle. You will always deal with more fake than real. This is why when you find real, you better hold on to it. Don't treat real like you treat fake. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Because while you think the grass is greener on the other side, baby, I'm gonna tell you, that's astroturf. That ain't even grass. It can always look better when it's fake. So what happens? There's seven counterfeits. Check this out. David says this about himself. He was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. David reveals to us the origin of his birth, that Jesse had slept with another woman, which is how David got there, which means they're a blended family, and they've got at least two different mothers. Why is this important to understand? So Jesse began to create difference between them. You ready? Because every time David or Jesse saw David, he was reminded of the painful relationship with David's mama. How do you know that, Bishop? Because David's mama's not mentioned anywhere. Which means, watch me, that, that it suggests that there was probably a painful and a wounded relationship that happened with David's mama. Since that's the last son, that means that was his last relationship. And since that was his last relationship, that suggests to us that because of the wounds, he did not want to see David. Watch me. So he treated David differently because every time he saw David, he saw his wounds. Some of y'all trying to figure out why have people always treated you bad? It's because they don't see you. They see something else that has wounded them, so they treat you differently. So every time Jesse looks at David, he says, I don't want to see him because I'm reminded of his mama. It's quiet in this church today. So now he gets treated differently. So when a man of God comes into the house, he says, he doesn't even invite David in because he's, I don't want to see David because every time I see David, I'm reminded of the wounds from his mama. She's not named. She's not listed. She's not described the way that you would think she would be. She's the mother of the man that's called a man after God's own heart and you don't even know anything about her. Alicia Keys say, you don't know my name. Why? Because every time in David's bloodline, when men see wounds, you ready? They treat poorly. It's quiet in this church. And while he's celebrating his seven sons, he's neglecting the eighth. While he's celebrating the others, he leaves the eighth out there with the sheep. And here's what he does. He justifies it and says, well, he's the youngest. But it can't be that just because he was the youngest, because if he was keeping your sheep, that means you trusted him to deal with your stuff. You just didn't trust him with that level of a seat. And I need everybody to hear me. The one that was done wrong, please listen to me, is the one that God says, I won't. You better hear me today. 
You better thank God for how you were done wrong coming up. Why? That made God look at you and say, that's the one I want. That's the man I want. That's the woman I want. That's the person that I want. That's why he says it's iniquity. What's iniquity? Generational sin is passed down. He says, this is iniquity. He says, because this is how my father handles wounds. He ignores them. He avoids them. This is how he deals with them. So that's why, that's why it's not transgression. Transgression is to willfully deviate from what he knows to be right. That's why he calls it iniquity. Because he says, this is in my bloodline. We all handle stuff like this. Do you not, if you read David's life, his brothers blame him. His brothers, it was an interesting relationship because they said of David, you always trying to do stuff. You always doing this. You always doing that. You know, you think too much of yourself and all that. And David was like, I'm just trying to fight the battle. I'm just trying to figure out what's going to happen to the man that takes Goliath down. And his brother's like, you always trying to do something. You always doing too much. You always doing it. Can I, can I be honest with you? If you're not being criticized for doing too much, you're not doing enough. I wish you stopped letting people that ain't built nothing try to break you down. I wish you stopped letting people that ain't accomplished anything try to assassinate you. The only reason they're trying to pull you down is because they're already beneath you. Let's talk. You can't pull down if you're above. You can't pull down if you're above. You can't pull down if you're above. You can't pull down your above. And somebody say, Bishop, why are they doing it? Because come April, what you gonna see? Blessing on blessing on blessing. 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 Blessing on blessing. But I need you to say, I'm not stopping. So here, let me give you these quick points. Y'all with me? Number one, you're not exempt from wounds. <laughs> now, I already said it, but I said it twice on purpose. Because many of us think that we are. Many of us think, I pray, I worship, I serve, I give, I fast, I pray. I'm good to people. Can I tell you what one of the most interesting things are? Is when you are reaping something you never sowed. Which means, please listen to me, which means if you're reaping something you never sowed, that means it's a seed. I'm about to take up so you get it. Some of you are like, I've never been disloyal or treated somebody like that. Guess what? That means that's not your harvest. That's your seed. Which means God says, I'm about to use your wound in order to change something in your world. John 16, 33, Amplified. Jesus says, I told you these things so that in me you will have perfect peace. In other words, don't be shook. Don't be shocked. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. Tribulation means internal pressure. He says, I need you to know you're going to have internal pressure. And he says, and you're going to have distress. That's anxiety and that's pain and suffering. He says, you're going to be subjected to something bad and unpleasant, a.k.a. wounds. He says, you are not exempt. This is Jesus talking to his people, and he tells them, just because you love me, that does not exempt you from wounds. Because here's what many of us think. Well, God, protect me. Can I tell you how he protects you? Sometimes he protects you. You ready for this? You ready for this? Sometimes he, protect, he protects you because he helps you to evade an enemy. In other words, the enemy doesn't get to you. Sometimes he protects you. He equips you to deal with an enemy. In other words, he says, listen, my protection is that I gave you the weapons you need so you can fight them. Stop accusing me of not protecting you just because I didn't block it totally. Sometimes I'm going to give you the equipment you need, and sometimes I'm going to let you evade the issues. 
Did you hear what I just said? All right, check this out. He says, and distress and suffering, but be courageous, Amplified says. That means be confident, uh, undaunted, filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My, everybody listen, my victory is abiding. Let me see this, if I can say this again. Let me break this verse down so it's super simple. He says, I told you this so you stop acting shook, so you stop getting shocked. You're going to deal with wolves, but you're good. I just, that's the message translation. It's a message translation. Check this out. He says, if I look at the last part, my conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. That means it lasts. Somebody say, it lasts. Please listen. That means this is going to keep going. My victory will keep going despite your wounds. Now, why is that important to you? Because when I'm healing from my, yes, they're my wounds, but he gives me help to heal them. You understand that? So you're not just healing it. This is the difference between, watch me, God and, 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 and man's way of dealing with issues. Man's way of issues, it says it's all you. God's way says it's me and you. I need you to say, I'm not out there by myself. I, yeah, yeah, God didn't just throw you out there by yourself. God says, I am with you. My victory is abiding. My victory will last forever and ever 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 and ever. Why? Because come April, what you gonna look at? Blessing on blessing on blessing. Listen. So the question is, Bishop, if I'm not exempt from wounds, where do wounds come from? Two things. Actions can wound and words can wound. What people do to you can wound you, and what people say to you can wound you. What I've discovered is that word wounds are deeper because John 6.63 teaches that words are spirit, which means that they transcend time. That's why you still got stuff on your mind that somebody said to you when you were 12. You still have stuff on your mind that somebody said to you. I remember I, uh, in, in middle school, uh, I, I was teased. I ain't going to tell you what they call me. Um, but in middle school, I was teased because I come from the South, and in the South, men are built a little differently. We have biscuits and cornbread. We're built a little different in the South. And I remember middle school, <laughs> I remember middle school, can I, okay, can I, no, because see, then. All right, I'm going to tell you what they call me, okay? This is what they call me. The girls in middle school, now, you know, girls in middle school, they, okay, I'm, okay can I tell you? I'm going to pick the 1115 as my message selection for the day. <laughs> so when I was in middle school, they used to call me Big Booty. See, this is why I didn't say nothing. Because I was, listen, I was born in different, raised in Memphis, I was raised in the South, and so we eat different. We eat biscuits and gravy and greens, and so, and so, the, the, and so that's what they would talk about. And so those words stuck with me. So when I lost 95 pounds, I was like, I bet you can't say that now. I was too honest. Don't none of y'all try it. I promise you, I'll go to God. Mm -mm, stay out my DMs. I can already see it happening. Stay out of there. Here's the deal. So those words stuck with me. 
Now, I wasn't wounded or hurt, anything like that. But anytime I would try something on, you ready? Those words would come back to me. Come on, y'all got to hear me. Y'all got to hear me. There are words people have said to you and people have spoken to you that those words have stuck with you. So even though it happened to you years ago, those things are stuck because words are spirit and spirits transcend time. So maybe you were called too dark, too light, too tall, too short, too big, too skinny, too this, too that. Your hair good. How is that a negative thing that you got good, good hair? You don't have good hair. Your hair nappy. Your hair straight. You got green eyes. You got brown eyes. You like your daddy. You like your mama. Right? How many of us can be honest that in our past, there have been some word wounds? We all have faced some. We all have faced some. And I think those have more depth than actions. Because you can get over a moment, but those words can stay lodged in you. But I need you to make this declaration. Say, I release every wound inflicted by words so here's the next thing don't regret your wounds because here's what can happen we can look back and say you know what i just wish i never would have did that what's regret perpetual grief what does perpetual grief mean you never ever get out of the place of grieving which means you literally live your life in grief perpetually which means you're in the five stages of grief so you're always angry or bargaining denying Got it. Angry. You're always going between one of the five steps of the grieving process. You never get to the acceptance stage because you live in a place of regret. Please make this declaration. Say, I will not regret my wounds. Come on. Somebody online needs to say, I will not regret my wounds. Jeremiah 10, 19. We're almost done. Uh, English standard. Woe is me because of my hurt. So Jeremiah starts out playing the victim. Woe, what does woe is me? I'm a victim. Let me tell you something. People can't wait to tell other people how they think they've been victimized by you. Let me tell you what they did. Okay, right, here's the deal. Woe is me! He's playing the victim. Now, everybody listen. Listen, pay attention. He's the prophet. He's the man of God. And even as the man of God, look at what he said. Woe is me! I'm a victim. I've been hurt. Then look what he says. My wound is grievous. What is he saying? I'm in grief. For those of you who you're in grief now, you need to get the series Grief Recovery. Because come April, time to move on. This your 30 days of healing, but come April, it's time to move on. He says, but I said, watch the butt. He likes big butts and he cannot lie. Them other bitches try to do now. Listen. But, everybody holler but. But I said, listen to this. He's playing the victim role. What is he doing? He's regretting his wounds. He's like, and if you read Jeremiah, you, Jeremiah goes back and forth with, the, with God often about this. For every person that God has called, I need you to hear me. You're going to spend, if you don't doubt your call, you're not called. I'm going to say it again. If you don't have doubt of your calling, you're not called. You're not. You're not. Now, that doesn't mean at the end of it, you don't come to the right resolution. But if you read every call person in the scripture, they would have moments where they would go back and forth with God like, God, I don't even know. God, I don't know if I can do it. God, I don't, God, if these ninjas do one more thing. God, I don't know if I can do it. God, I don't. And you go through that, but then at the end, come on, Jeremiah, it's just like, 
fire that shall up in my bones. And Jeremiah said, but somebody holler blood. I said, this is an affliction, but I got to handle it. This is a wound, but I've got to deal with it. It comes with my seat. Let me help you. The higher your seat, listen, the greater your wounds. Can I give you another revelation? Not only the higher your seat, the greater your wounds. Watch me. Watch this. The higher your seat, the further away your wounds come from. You got people talking trash about you that never met you. That comes with a high seat. Y'all, they say, you got people that say stuff about you that don't know nothing about you, but they don't like the fact that other people like you. Comes with your seat. So Jeremiah's like, woe is me, I'm a victim, and I'm grieving. But, I said, can I get you to holler but one more time? But, the middle of March, God's word to you is but, and not yours. Can I get you to holler one more time? But, but I said, in other words, he says, I had to say this to myself. This is an affliction. He's like, this is not, this isn't great. This is not cool. But I got to bear it. What does bear mean in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament? Look on the screen. It means I accept this. Many people can't get healed because you deny you were hurt. You can't heal a wound that you deny is there. I don't care what he said to me. You know, I'm my own man. I'm going to do my own thing. You're hurt. Because all that wasn't necessary. You're hurt. I'm fine. No, you're not. That revealed it. It's quiet in this church. I just need some time to process. You really hurt. Process what? Imagine if you took that same process to, would you come? Why don't you come? Can I get you to pull your, your uh, pull your, pull your sweater back? Can you bring me a knife? I ain't going to really cut him. I ain't going to really cut him. I ain't going to cut him. Oh you, oh, you got one. Come on here. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> stand up and stand out. Listen. All right, so t- <laughs> All right, take this. Take this. Okay, now let's just pretend like you cut. Okay, just let him cut you. But not for real, though. Okay? Everybody go with me. Go to camera two. Everybody go with me. All right, come on. Come on. All right, so let's pretend like you cut. Okay, boom, you cut him. Bam. Oh, wow. Wow, he, he cut you so hard it made your head turn. Wow. Let that be a lesson, because for many of you, whenever you think you're about to be wounded, you stop paying attention. This is why some of you run. You run because you fear wounds. And I'm going to tell you, as long as you fear wounds, you fear your future. Because with blessing on blessing on blessing, guess what comes with that? Wound on wound on wound. So check this out. Check this out. Now imagine if you sat there looking at it bleed. Okay, let's look at it bleed. Look at it bleed. We got a red mark over there. Let me have my red towel. Come on, let's just, you know, just improvise it real fast. Come on, it's improv. All right, all right, all right, okay, cool. So, so that's blood, all right? Come on, come on, it's, it's bloody. It's a lot of blood, my God, blood of Jesus. All right, somebody says bloody. Now imagine if he just sat there, just looking at it. Because he won't accept what it is. This is how many people live, especially Christians. 
And here's what they'll do to their wound. They're looking at it, and you, Lord, heal it. I said, but you haven't accepted what it is. You haven't accepted what it is. You haven't accepted that, you know what, that hurt. And you're not weak because you admit that you've been wounded. What makes you weak is that you deny that you've been wounded. Okay? And then here's what you want to do. Then you want to look up and, and focus on him. Okay? It's his fault. He did it. Okay, but here's my question. Why is only one of your sleeves pulled back? You're going to catch it in a second. Okay? If you knew you were in a treacherous environment where you were subject to cuts and wounds, why didn't you put on your armor? That's why the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you can withstand this stuff. The helmet of salvation, what does that mean? I remind myself I'm saved. I remind myself of who I am. The belt of truth. Baby, his word is what keeps me together. I got my feet sawed with the preparation of the gospel. I got my breastplate of righteousness. I got the shield of faith. I expected something might happen. If you don't accept the wound, you can never heal from the wound. Somebody say, I accept, I accept. Areas. areas. I've been wounded. Say, it is, it is. what it is. What it is. Say, but let me tell you what's next. <laughs> blessing on blessing on blessing. All right? So here we go. I accept it. But then look at the next definition. But then I advance from it. Wow. He says, I accept it, but then I advance from it. I have to accept that I've been wounded, but then I have to advance from the wound. Like, I can't stay stuck in the wound. You can't. Can I be honest? How do you know somebody's stuck in the wound? It, whenever you're stuck in a wound, you can't do the next one. Forgive. And forgiving doesn't mean fellowship. I ain't got to fool with you no more. Forgiveness is for me, not for you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I don't have to give you another opportunity. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. It's quiet in the church. Right? But, but watch me, because you need to be forgiven for some stuff. So I'll dare you talk about you holding a grudge when there's some stuff God should hold a grudge against you for. Y'all don't want to say nothing to me? There's some stuff people, listen, there's some ratchet stuff you didn't done to people, and people should hate your guts. But if they forgave you, you can forgive them. And most importantly, if God forgives you, you should forgive. What does forgive me? It means I release them from punishment. Because unforgiveness is saying I'm going to keep them in my prison, in my mind, and they can't go nowhere in my mind. In my mind, they're being tortured. In my mind, they feel bad for what they do. And then you go look on Instagram, they don't feel bad at all. <laughs> you look on Snapchat, they don't feel bad at all. They snapping, chatting, talking, tick, talking. Just the deal. Just the deal. I release them from punishment in my mind. I release them from punishment. How many of you can be honest right now in this building online that in your mind there's some people you've had in punishment? Let's just be honest. Come on. If you don't accept that, you can't, you can't, you'll never get there. Like in your mind, mm-mm. 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 You guys are like, okay. Well, guess what? Then you can't move to the next stage because your wounds perfect you. You won't let this perfect you because you won't forgive. Psalm 138 and 8, uh, 138 and 8, we're almost done. The Lord will perfect 
that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Perfect there is this word gamar. Everybody say gamar. Gamar means complete, but it's a transitive word. Let me make that really simple. It means it's dealing with three things at the same time that have equal influence. Three things at the same time that have equal influence. Say three things at the same time that have equal influence. Okay, so take this out. When God says, I will perfect that which concerns you, here's what he's saying. You, me, and your wounds have equal influence on you being complete. Me, God speaking, God, you, and your wounds have equal influence in you being complete. I'm going to say it a third time so those in the back get it. You, God, and your wounds have equal simultaneous influence to you being perfected. So if you remove your wounds, you're not complete. If you remove you, you're not complete. If you remove God, you're not complete. This is why you got to be careful that you don't let people who don't know God try to tell you how to deal with your wounds. Why? You can never be complete and you don't have God. Say, my wounds perfect me. Here's the next thing. Everybody watch these last two. Your wounds make you repent. Hosea 6 and 1. Come, let us return in repentance to the Lord. For he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. Wow. Somebody say, he allowed it. Uh-oh, 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 spaghettios. If he allows it, 9-15, then, 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 because notice what he says. He wounded us, but he's going to bandage us. He allowed it, but then he's going to heal me from it. Let me say this to you. Every time you've been wounded, God could have stopped it, and he didn't. Which means if he allowed it, there was something in it. I'm going to say it again, and I need your praise to reflect what you, that you heard what I said. Every time you've been wounded, God allowed it, and he could have stopped it, which means if he allowed it, there's something in it. Somebody say, what's in it, Bishop? Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. But you'll never get to that part if you don't repent. What is repent? It means get to the best version of yourself. What is repent? Repent. Get back to the top. He says, listen, I know you're wounded right now, but I need you to get back to your best. Get back to your best churching, your best giving, your best serving. Your be get back to your best because if you don't, if you don't, then you'll stay stuck in your womb. Here's the last part. Say he wraps it tight with pressure. Okay, this is where the message preaches, and then we're out of here. I just want to make sure that you got, I want to make sure you got fed good. You know, you know, I wasn't going to shortchange you. Because a little snowstorm. We live in Denver. That means it snows in springtime. That's what it means. I don't like it. Truth is, many of you don't like it either. But it is what it is. Praise him for the airlines. Listen! Wrap tight with pressure. Please listen to me. God says, to heal you, I'm going to wrap you tight and put pressure on you. Let me see if I can say it another way. I'm going to constrict your movement. Let me see if I can say it another way. You're going to want to do stuff that I won't let you do. You're going to want to make moves I won't let you make. 
You're going to want to relocate, and I got you on lockdown. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You're going to want to make changes, and I'm constricting your movements. I'm not letting you do certain things because I wrapped you tight. Whenever God constricts your movement, that's because he's trying to heal you. I will constrict your movements, and then I'll put pressure on you. How many can be honest that in the last few months, there's some stuff you wanted to do that it was like, come on, do the hand with emoji line. It was like, God, I want to do this, but I, I can't move. He's got you constricted. He literally put you in a little box and said, I have fun in that box. You can go anywhere you want to in that box. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here. All right, that piece of tape right there, that piece of tape right there. No, leave it right there. That's your box. Now walk around in your box. Constricted movement. Okay, but no, you can come all the way over here. You can come all the way over here. Okay, but you can come up here. You can come up here. You can come up here. You can't come past that. Go over there. Mm -hmm. Can't come past that. Nope, I ain't going to let you do that. Nope, mm -mm. nope, nope. All right, stay in your little box. I'm constricting your movement. <laughs> because you're not going to bleed in your new. You're not going to bleed in your next. So I constricted your movement so you don't take none of your bleeding, none of your mess, none of your wounds, none of your issues into your next. Why? Your next 12 is going to be your best 12. So I'm shutting some stuff down because you're not taking that with you. You ain't taking that to Atlanta. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You ain't taking that to your next. You're not taking that to your new business. You're not taking that to your new situation. You're not taking that with you. Open your mouth and say, bless it on, bless it on, bless it. And then I, well, hold on, actually, stay in your little box. And I'm going to put pressure on you. What does this mean? I'm going to put people in there to reinforce my constriction. I'm going to put people in there to reinforce. And then you're going to say it's the devil. It's not. See, listen. I constricted you, so all, watch me, for some of you, like, you know what? I, I just feel like there's nothing I can do about that. God says, you're right. Nothing you can do but heal. I've constricted your movements because that's your problem. You always trying to do something new and you ain't fixed old. You always trying to move into next and your now is raggedy. Your now is wretched. But God, I need you to give God a praise that he's not letting you walk into your next 12 the way that you've been in your previous 12. Say pressure. Now, now y'all put your hands on him. Don't touch his hands so we keep appropriate, you know, and don't breathe so that we have physical distancing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Okay, everybody's good, okay? All right. No, no, no. Put, like, push your hand like you're putting pressure on him. He's okay. Okay. And then you put your hand on his back. See, this is why some of you feel hemmed in. Because whenever your wound is deep, they have to put whatever it is and they have to keep it in position so that it doesn't heal deformed. Did you hear what I just said? You're going to stay right here and you're going to get checked every time you get out of line. You're going to get talked too strong every time you get out of line. Why? Because you will not heal deformed. You ain't going to be like your mama with a negative attitude in her 70s and 80s. I'm 
You're not going to be like those men in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You're not going to die wounded. You're not going to die with these issues. You still here? So watch me. Watch me. Thank you all. Thank you all. Watch me. Watch me. So here's the deal. God says, I constrict your movements and I put pressure on you. Here's the last point. Can I give you the last point? Your story shows your scars. So I want you to look on the screen. Scarring is part of the healing process when fibrous tissue replaces skin after a wound. I want you to look at this, this, this visual. Say, say, scarring is part of the healing process when fibrous tissue replaces normal skin after a wound. So this natural healing process shows you your emotional healing process. Are we going to do this and we're done? Because I need you to see something. When you heal, he leaves scars. Scars are part of the healing process. He leaves the scars so you can see what you beat. He leaves the scar. Somebody said that skin is stronger. He leaves the scars so you can see where you have greater strength than other people. See, some of you, you've been scarred with love. That's why you have strength in love. And other people will look at you and say, how do you have so much strength? How do you have so much pain? How? Because, baby, I've been wounded there, and I got some scars to show for that. So the first stage is bleeding. Listen, you see it? Then inflammation. Then proliferation. Then remodeling. What's remodeling? It's to take a current house pull out all the old stuff in that house. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. And they replace it with better stuff. Bishop, why did God let me get wounded? It was the quickest way to remodel you. Why did he let you get wounded? It was the quickest way to pull out those Formica countertops and get you some good granite, get you some good marble. Y'all ain't gonna say that to me. It was the quickest way to get that carpet out of there and get you some nice hardwood. What are you trying to tell me? God says, I allowed you to be wounded because it was the quickest way to remodel you. I'm not letting you go forward until you are new. Say, and my next 12 will be my best 12. Revelation 12, 11, we're out of here. They won the victory over him, say the enemy, because of the blood of the lamb. Go back to that image for me real quick. I want you to see something. Notice how the blood vessel runs. Now just catch the imagery for a moment. Somebody say, it's the blood. You see the, you see the picture, right? The blood vessel stays in place and stays intact because as the blood continues to flow, it's what helps the remodeling process happen. So go back to Revelation. So when it says they overcame it because of the blood, God says, when I died and shed my blood, what I was doing is putting my blood in you. You're not only covered by it, you're filled with it. What does that mean, Bishop? Is that I'm healing from the inside out. I'm healing from the inside out. It's gonna start in me, but you're gonna see it on me. It's gonna start in me, but you're gonna see it on me. And by the what? The word of their testimony. They didn't love their life so much that they refused to give it up. Listen, say my story shows my scars. Here's what the enemy wants you ashamed of, your story. Because your story shows your scars. 
and your scars show your wounds. And that shows what you've overcome. His whole thing was that if I can get you to be ashamed to tell your story, if I can get you ashamed of your failures, ashamed that your first marriage didn't work, ashamed that your last, that, watch me, that even your children, even though, watch me, you in church and you love the Lord, but some of your kids acting like you didn't teach them the way. If I can get you ashamed of that, if I can get you ashamed of some of your failures, ashamed of some of your mistakes, if I can get you ashamed of that, what do you never do? Go back to Revelation. You no longer overcome the enemy. If I can get you ashamed, you no longer overcome the enemy. I'm going to say it again because we're about to go up and then we're out of here. If I can get you ashamed, you will no longer, you listen to me, you will no longer overcome the enemy. Because you think your scars are bad. Why you keep putting your arm out like a scar? That's why. That's why I keep doing that. Why? Because you can never be afraid of your scars. Say, I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed of my scars. They show my strength. Say, because that skin is stronger than any other skin. Scars happen on purpose because God says I, it's fibrous. Fibrous means, see, your tissue, your, your skin, if, if I could go for a moment, let me just get a, a, a medical for you for just a moment. Fibrous tissue means it's like, it's, 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 a, it's, it's cross pattern. So you got skin growing this way and skin growing this way. In other words, the skin is reinforcing itself and saying, we won't have that happen again right there. We're not going to have that happen again right there. And for some of you, please hear me, and then I'm out of here. It's kind of like chicken pox. Once you've had it, can't have that again. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. There's some wounds you went through in your 20s because God says you ain't dealing with that in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. There's some stuff you went through in your 30s. God says you ain't dealing with that again. There's some stuff you went through in your 40s. God says you're not going to deal with that again. Because come March, what's happening? Say, Bishop, what's happening? Come March. Say, blessing on blessing on blessing. Blessing on blessing on blessing. I'm done. Jesus, can I get you to stand with me in the building and stand with me at home? We're done. Did this word help anybody? The 1115 will be a whole nother version, but it will be online only. Did you hear what I just said? The 1115 will be a whole nother version of this word, but it will be online only. Somebody say online only. If you are on your way to the building, come on, bring your offering. Since you're almost here, and go on back to blessing on blessing on blessing. Jesus stands up and Thomas, one of his 12, says to him, or says to the disciples, he says, I'm not going to believe it's the Lord unless I see his scars. In other words, he says, I won't believe without scars. The only reason you believe what you believe about God now, or one of the only reasons, is because of your scars. Because there's no explanation except God. Do I have a witness in here? And for some of you today, before you can do the individual healing, you need to do the spiritual healing. What does this mean? 
You need to give your life to the Lord. You need to become a Christian for the first time. Recommit yourself to him or be sure. On the count of three, wherever you're at, in this building or online, in the building, raise your hand online. Do the hand with emoji. Become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord. Be sure. On three, I'm going to ask that you wave your hand online say, it's me. Or you do the hand wave emoji. One. Say, blessing on blessing on blessing. <laughs> two. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. In this building, online, you do that hand wave emoji and say, it's me. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. Come on, wherever you're at. Wherever you're at. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief, because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian because I confess in my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my God. And for this, I am grateful. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your protection. My next will, or my best will, in Jesus' name, amen. Take out your phone, text the word decision at 55498. If you were not able, or if you just prayed that prayer for the first time. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word decision to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.